with all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. The Notice podcast explores our need to be noticed through biblical musings and conversations with special guests, experience relevant topics, and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, do you ever feel overstimulated? Do you wish you could just get away from it all and be somewhere where you can connect with all of your senses? Join me on this episode where I discuss our senses, how our culture affects our sense of well-being, a little bit about self-awareness, and and how taking notice of God, well, it just makes sense. My heart started pounding as the sand peeked through each of my toes. In just a few more steps, I would be on the shores of beautiful Lake Michigan basking in the sound of the waves. The backdrop of the Manitou Islands and Sleeping Bear Dunes engulfed me as I took in the fresh air. As I felt the touch of the waves on my ankle, I could sense all my senses coming alive. Calmness emerged at my very next breath. Ah, pure Michigan, home. Being in God's creation becomes home for many of us. We can't wait to get away to our favorite spot. Perhaps these experiences awaken those five senses, sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. Connecting with those senses restores and it invites us to linger. One could get lost in the silence of the woods at wintertime or the sound of a beautiful waterfall. Then there's the smell of lilacs the taste of a fresh strawberry, or the touch of the wind on our face, it can provide such a special kind of healing. So when we experience God's creation, our senses help us take notice. Yet in our busy, online, saturated culture, let's be honest, we don't sense that calmness. We don't get in tune with our senses, and we can't always get away. Instead of our senses coming alive, we find our senses overstimulated by the unnatural. For example, our sense of hearing may become overloaded if we're surrounded by loud noise or if you're hearing multiple sounds at once. Or maybe the everyday things like the feeling of your clothes or a person just touching you the wrong way could feel overwhelming. You know, the texture of certain materials might also make you feel uncomfortable because, you know, some people just don't like certain fabrics. Maybe you experience some kind of sensitivity to light, especially when you're subjected to harsh or overwhelming amounts of light from different sources. And some of us, the lack of sunlight can produce seasonal affective disorder. A person who senses smell is over-responsive or highly sensitive might find strong smells like perfume overwhelming, and you might even refuse to eat certain foods because you don't really like the way they smell. And then there's our taste buds. 
We can be overwhelmed by foods with strong flavors or specific hot spices. And then there's the temperature of certain foods, which can be overwhelming. So with all these bright lights, loud noises, unusual smells, and constant contact with our mobile devices, it's no wonder we're stressed. A 2014 Nielsen report found that adults log a total of 11 hours of screen time in a day. It's no wonder this screen time can affect our weight, vision, sleep, could even lead to chronic neck and back pain and actually impair our cognitive function. But it's different when I'm out in nature. I'm reminded of how much my senses are awakened by God's creation. And that awareness, well, it satisfies. At the same time, you know, I know I'm somebody who recognized early my tendency towards sensory overload. Transitioning from my home to my car, I have to wait a while before putting the radio on, but others just jump right in. I guess some of us are more sensitive to that than others. You know, I remember when my daughter was a baby, every time I would take her grocery shopping, she would get so unsettled. It didn't matter if she was fed, changed, or had my undivided attention. She just wasn't a happy baby. After noticing this pattern, I also began to notice something else. As soon as I took her outside and put her in the car, she calmed down as if by magic. As an adult now, she still gets overstimulated easily. And for me, I experience sensory overload in crowded places, especially something like a shopping mall. The sounds, visual stimuli, smells of the cinnamon-covered nuts, feeling the textures of fabrics, and not being able to hear other people talk well can put me over the top. And friends, you don't want me on a school bus with small children. That sound is like squeaking chalk on a chalkboard to me. But you'll find me happy to sit by the lake, hearing the waves crash, or in the winter woods cross-country skiing. And like magic, I too am restored. Could connecting with our senses help us take notice of God? Friends, I'm not alone. The need for this kind of restoration is so relevant that businesses even create candles to smell like the ocean or ocean sounds, pictures and videos that mimic these natural God-given experiences. Then there are the massages, spas, and pedicures that showcase the budding self-care industry. But here's the irony. As we go to these places in the name of self-care, instead of connecting with God through our senses, what is it we are hoping to satisfy? Are we looking to satisfy that connection with our senses to be stimulated? Or are we trying to avoid them? I'm not sure about you, but for me, inevitably, when I do something in the name of self-care, I get a sense that I really don't do enough to take care of myself. So, of course, I'll book the next appointment. But perhaps self-care encourages something else. If I could sum it up, I would call this awareness a sixth sense, perhaps, the sense of self. Author K.L. Toll reminds us, one of the greatest tragedies in life is to lose your own sense of self and accept the version of you that is expected by everyone else. From personal experience, I've had moments where I've lost myself. 
I did this by setting inappropriate boundaries, trying too hard to win someone over, or opting to take the high road. In all these instances, I anchored myself on what I could contribute to the situation or perhaps how someone would perceive me. In essence, I lost myself when I took my eye off God and others and centered on me. Doing something in the name of self-care made me more aware of what I was doing to myself. Which reminds me of a distinct statement Jesus made in Matthew 19.19. He commands us to love your neighbor as yourself. I'm not sure about you, but what was Jesus really saying? Others asked who his neighbor was, but no one came right out and asked, what does as yourself mean? Through the years, I think most of us explain this verse by referencing Luke 16.23, which says, do to others as you would have them do to you. I'm not arguing that interpretation. I just keep wondering if Jesus meant something more. I get it. I don't think Jesus needed to tell us to love ourselves. Probably didn't want to dwell there. Perhaps he assumed we would do that already. After all, don't we want to take care of ourselves? And doesn't the self-care industry remind us of that need? Instead, I wonder if Jesus might be talking about being aware of our relationship with ourself. So what about you? Are you even aware you have a relationship with self? And how are the two of you getting along? As I reflect on my relationship with myself, I wonder, was Jesus saying to take care of others like you would take care of yourself? I'm not sure. Not to mention the messages from the self-care industry conflict his ideas, don't they? After all, a big part of the industry's message is that we can't take care of others until we take care of ourselves. So go ahead, treat yourself. You deserve it. But is that really true? I think back to times as a young mom when I had little sleep. I still got up and fed the baby. I remember sacrificing vacations I needed so my kids could get music lessons instead. I think about the time I put in a good day's work when I don't really feel like it. And last year during COVID, somehow, I got through six months without a haircut or a massage. So just what else could Jesus be trying to tell us about as yourself? As I write about in my book, A Firm Grasp, I don't think Jesus is commanding us to love ourselves because he assumed we did. I would suggest that perhaps he may be talking about self-awareness. More than self-consciousness, self-awareness is being able to take a real look at ourselves and where we're at. And a great way to do that is to connect with our senses. Let me give you an example. When I get a massage, I actually become more self-aware because I recognize that I have tension in my life and that I carry it in my shoulders. Perhaps the beauty of self-care isn't really about selfishness, but rather taking time to become more aware of self. Perhaps Jesus is suggesting that we will continue to struggle to love others with the love of God if we haven't positioned ourselves to receive his love for ourselves. As you explore what stimulates your senses, both positively and negatively, 
Does this make you more aware of yourself and where you are at with God? Perhaps that's why Jesus started this whole command with this first. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your body, and all your strength. Friends, we can do that by connecting with our senses. So here's some scriptures that can describe how that could look in our lives. Hearing. Romans 10, 17 tells us, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Isaiah 28, 23 says, Give ear and hear my voice. Listen and hear my words. Sight. Psalm 19, 1-4 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. 1 John 4.12 tells us, No one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Smell. 2 Corinthians 2.15 says, For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Touch. Matthew 19, we love the story of the woman who was bleeding. For she said to herself, If only I touch his garment, I will be made well. Taste. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So friends, I encourage you not to deny this awareness of your senses. Dwell in the smells, touch, taste, sight, and sounds of God. He understands our senses are a gateway to him. And we become more self-aware, we become more aware of others. As we become more aware of others, we become more aware of God. So I encourage you, head to the beach to hear the waves. Enjoy the touch of massage. Connecting with your senses will inevitably help you connect with God. But don't forget the purpose. Don't forget the sixth sense. This self-awareness becomes a key to understanding your need for God and that only He can satisfy. So in the meantime, take the next few minutes and be still. Listen to one of the songs that I wrote in the beauty of the North Woods in Michigan at wintertime when I too was connecting with my senses. Allow yourself to listen. Allow yourself to breathe. And go ahead and take a big sigh. <sighs> Perhaps you're not at the ocean, but better still, as you enter into God's presence, I promise, that's all the self-care you'll need. I am he that comforts you.
this time on Ask the Host. My question comes from Sarah who asks, during this pandemic, I've been struggling to see God in any of it. How am I to take notice if nothing changes? Well, Sarah, thanks for your question. I know COVID has been a challenge for all of us as a nation, as a generation. We've never experienced anything like it. Being isolated, it's easy to get apathetic and easy to think God isn't paying attention to us at all. The first question I might ask myself is, what is it you're expecting of God? For example, are you expecting him to stop the pandemic? Many times we have a difficult time noticing God because we have decided what it is God should be doing about the situation. You know, I'm reminded of Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, which says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The reality is that we just don't know what God will do. What we do know are his promises. As Angie Bauman mentioned in the last podcast episode, God has promised us two things, that he loves us and that he'll be with us. So I would encourage you to take notice of finding ways he loves you. Maybe you needed something at the store, and when you went to get it, there was only one of them left. Maybe that was God noticing you. A God loves me moment because only he knew you needed it. Maybe you can't meet in person with your friends, but you decided to have a cooking party over FaceTime where you all cook the same meal and share it with each other. This was the first time your friend tried this recipe, and she loved it. The joy and laughter on her face could be God's way of showing himself to you. Sarah, there's no way we can understand these big things like pandemics. We don't have that level of knowledge, nor if we're really honest, we don't want that level of responsibility either. Instead, when we start taking notice of God in the little things, we remember his promise that he is with us during the big ones. Until next time, take notice. Oh